Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner. First off, if you like this content that is coming your way, hit that subscribe button. Um, hit that bell. Also, get all my notifications here for the channel. And second off, folks, if you're listening to this in the podcast streaming platform, whether it is uh, you know Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave a five-star review in the comment. means so much, folks. But today, folks, we're going to do a Horns Corner portion of, of the Nino's Corner you know, podcast, a recap of National Signing Day 1. Um, Texas uh, actually finished so far after the first day. Number four team in the country per the first signing day um, per the on-three consensus, but we will talk about that here in a minute. But first off, folks, let's get into our sponsors. First sponsor, folks, is going to be by BetUS.com. Um, you also go to BetUS.com, get 125% sign-up bonus, and uh, yeah, Get 125% sign-up bonus using the promo code Nino's Corner. Again, at BetUS.com, folks, that's free money. Go to BetUS.com, get 125% uh, you know, sign-up bonus using the promo code Nino's Corner. Second uh, you know, sponsor, folks, is by Manscaped, folks. Go to Manscaped, get your 20% off and free worldwide shipping on anything on that website using the promo code Nino's Corner. Again, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the promo code Nino's Corner at Manscaped.com. But, folks, we're going to talk about National Signing Day 1. The Longhorns had 21 um, of the folks that they actually recruited, you know, actually signed their letter of intent yesterday, folks. So, really good thing. And we got two transfer portal, you know, prospects as well, one from Stanford, one from Wake Forest. But we'll get into that now, folks. Let's just go ahead and let's share the screen and let's talk about all the players that Texas got and what this means. Um, so, folks, if we're taking a look at this, honestly, um, Steve Sarkeesian always talks about complementary football, right? So complementary football. And when he talks about complementary football, um, I want to bring that to the recruiting side of the house. This is complementary recruiting based upon what we got from the 2022 cycle. And we'll get into that more as well. But like I said before, Texas, the number four national ranked team here um, for the 2023 class so far. Number one in the Big 12, a great score of 93.36 um, for the average of all of the recruits per the on three consensus. And guys, on three, I think, has the perfect blend because they they waited between the four services on three two four seven espn and rivals and they do a 25 percent weight so it gives you a true representation score of each candidate you know so shout out to on three for that but first let's let's first talk about the bell cow texas texas getting the number one player in the country in uh you know arch manning uh, arch manning uh, being uh, a five-star plus guy um the number one quarterback in the country, the number one player in the country has the Manning name. You know, he's coached very well. You know, he has a high floor um, and a very high ceiling as well. 
Um, so, yeah, so coming out of New Orleans, uh, so Texas gets the number one prospect in high school offense or defense. So, you know, of course, he's the number one uh, player and offensive player in the state of Louisiana. Usually that guy goes to LSU. Uh, but having, you know, a guy like Arch Manning to come in and be the bell cow quarterback and the bell cow person for this team uh, just shows exactly uh, what the first family of football thinks about Steve Sarkeesian and what he is doing here in Austin, Texas. They wanted Arch Manning to be coached by Steve Sarkeesian and anybody in the country. Uh, if they got that phone call from Archer say that he was coming, guess what? They had a spot open for him. So Arch Manning, the one thing that that I liked about uh, you know Arch Manning so far in this whole cycle, I listened to a um, a podcast yesterday with uh, Samaj Burrell, and he said that Arch was one of the guys who was always texting people on a daily basis. So behind the scenes, great leader. We've all seen it from his Instagram page and his Twitter, recruiting players to come to Texas, even his father, Cooper Manning, saying, hey, we want Anthony Hill. Um, we want this player, that player, but uh, of course, Anthony Hill. And that leads me to our next player. Cooper Manning, we got the guy that you want. We got Anthony Hill, um, the number one linebacker in the country. Very good complimentary class here for, for the 2023 cycle based upon what we got last year. Last year for the 2022 cycle, only one real true linebacker, and that was Travell uh, Johnson last year. So he was the linebacker in that class. Uh, this year, Texas had a very good complimentary um you know, you know, stance when it comes to getting linebackers this year, getting uh, four or five, depending on what you want to classify some of those guys at. Um, and so we got Anthony Hill, best linebacker in the country, number 15 guy um, um, in the country as well. Number four or five guy, I'm sorry, the uh, number fourth ranked player here in the state of Texas. Um, just a monster, 6'2", 6'3", 230-pound guy um, already at that size in high school has the opportunity to come in and compete day one. Losing a guy like, uh, you know, Overshawn, uh, who else is leaving? Tucker Dorsey's leaving. We lost Devin Richardson as well to the portal. So we got a guy like Jalen Ford, who who is also here. Um, so I think the Anthony Hill and, and well, you know, Anthony Hill and his family have uh, seen just a maturation process of a guy like Jalen Ford and, and 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 see where he can fit into this PK scheme and see the coaching that has been done. And so, yes, got the number one linebacker in the country as well. Anthony Hill. Great, great complimentary season to the picks that we got last year from the 2022 cycle. Um Brings me down to the next person, Cedric Baxter Jr. out of Florida, folks, out of Orlando, Florida. Um, we took two running backs this cycle, Cedric Baxter Jr. and Trey Wisner. Baxter Jr., the number one running back in the country, number 23, uh, you know, uh, prospect here nationally. Um, already a big kid at 6'1", 6'2", 220 pounds. Um, I had a comp for him coming out of high school. I said um, Todd Gurley when he was in high school. Um, Todd Gurley was also around the same size, but one of those guys who was a monster as well, a bigger guy as well. I think he's around 210, 215 as well, coming out of high school. But the tapes were eerie similar. Uh, you know, but man, Cedric Baxter Jr., he's going to put a lot of weight on when he gets here. And he can easily be a guy 230, 235 pounds his freshman year. He's going to play a lot. And we're going to need that. You know, because we're losing Bijan Robinson going to the league. We're also losing Rashawn Johnson as well. So getting a guy like Cedric Baxter to come in and to compete with reps with a Jonathan Brooks and a Jaden Blue. I mean, this is going to be a great running back room. And then you add a guy like Trey Wisner, who is kind of a do-it-all guy. And don't forget about Keelan Robinson also. So getting a guy like Cedric Baxter Jr. is outstanding. 
to go in Florida, pull the best running back in the country. Shout out to, you know, to Choice being the running back coach there and getting, uh, you know, him to actually come into, uh, you know, you know, enfold here at Texas to be the running back here for this cycle. Um, next guy on the list, folks, is another guy, uh, Derek Williams from Louisiana, uh, New Iberia, Louisiana, uh, number three safety here in the country, but the number one defensive player in the state of, you know, in the state of Louisiana. And folks, I am from Shreveport, Louisiana. I know all about the talent that comes from those areas. Talent that's in Louisiana usually goes to LSU. I mean, look at his team colors. His team colors, if you see that picture, the purple and gold. I mean, that's how much LSU is is uh, held to such a high standard in the state. I mean, everybody loves LSU, but to go in there and pull the number one defensive player and the number one offensive player from the state is truly outstanding. Shout out to Terry Joseph for having those connections in the state because he's from the state. Um, Blake Gideon as well, man, being the uh, the uh, safeties coach. Uh, but folks, Derek Williams, we need a lot of help in the secondary. Um, especially at the safety position, losing a guy like Anthony Cook um, is is going to hurt, you know, not not even going to sugarcoat it. Uh, it's definitely going to hurt because Anthony Cook was one of those guys who played a little bit of everything, play some safety, play some nickel, play some cornerback. Very smart player. He's going to be playing on Sundays, folks. Um, but losing him, but having Jaron Thompson come in, you know, and play well, having Taff, he actually played well, you know, also, but he was a walk-on who just got on scholarship, folks. Um we lost uh, JD. He's in the portal. Um, we got Crawford. He's still here. We got BJ Allen, who I'm very high on. You know, so this room is going to be strengthened just by Derek Williams. You know, getting there. Um, but at safety, I think this team is still going to need just a little bit of help at safety. Maybe this is a position, um, safety or cornerback, that this staff goes out and tries to plug and play with some more uh, folks from the portal. But getting Derek Williams, man, this is an awesome pickup for Texas after safety position. He's a guy who, who knows, he might have the potential to also come in here because I think he is in, he's, he's an, he's an, he's an early enrollee. And I think Derek Williams, if that is the case, he's going to have the opportunity to compete for some playing time as well. Him, BJ Allen, Taft, um, and Crawford and Thompson to see who are going to be the two top safeties here for this team. The next guy on the list folks is wide receivers. we got a couple of them on here. we got Jonte Cook, the second, um, the number eighth ranked uh, wide receiver in the country, number six, six ranked player in the state, number 45 uh, ranked player here in the country as well. Jonte Cook, guys, he is a hell of a route runner. He's a dog. Um, I mean, he is a dog when it comes to being a wide receiver. I love watching him play because he has that attitude. He has that diva in him that you want, man. I'm telling you, wide receivers are some of the guys, they got to have the attitude. They got to have the moxie because, look, to be honest with you, the ball might come his way eight times a game. If he's lucky, especially with the talent that Texas has, him, Xavier Worthy, um, if if Jordan Whittington decides to come back, um, if Nayer is healthy, Texas is, you know, red, you know, he's also there. Um, you know, uh, Thompson, who's a speed guy as well. If everything comes into place, this is going to be a very, very good wide receiver room. Um, Texas only got two in this cycle um, because uh, we're looking at possibly getting DeAndre Moore, you know, yesterday. 
but he did not commit yesterday, you know, for whatever reason. But Texas got two. This is going to be one of those positions I think Texas is going to look at uh, filling in the transfer portal as well because we only got two. I'm going to skip Muhammad, and I'm going to go down to Ryan Niblett because we're talking about wide receivers. Ryan Niblett's one of those guys also. You look at him. You look at Jonte Cook. Both around the same size, 5'11", 6 foot, 170 pounds, you know, or so. Ryan Niblett being the number 73rd ranked player here in the country, the number 12th ranked wide receiver in the country, and the number 14th ranked player in the state of Texas. Another guy who's an amazing, amazing athlete, very fast guy as well. Um, same thing with with Jonte Cook. Uh, I think Niblett's more of a of a speedster, very close to what what Brennan Thompson was. Even though Brennan Thompson's on a whole nother level of speed, I think a 10-2. I think Niblett was a 10-4-6, 10-4-7 kind of guy. So a lot of speed here in this team. You're seeing the kind of players that Steve Sarkeesian wants. He wants guys that when the ball's in their hands, they can go make plays. Um, you know, uh after the you know, after the catch. Right. How many yards are they going to get after the catch? And that's what Steve Sarkeesian wants is to make sure that they got explosive guys all over the field. So you got a Ryan Niblett, you got a Jontae Cook, you got a Brennan Thompson, you got a Savion Red, you know, you got an Xavier Worthy, a Nayer. These guys, Nayer, Jordan Whittington, if he decides to come back, these guys are are, are guys who are who are explosive. Um, they are athletic. And they're going to be able to make plays and not just catch a ball for a first down and fall down. These guys, when they get the ball in their hands, they're, they're looking to you know to turn up um, and turn a 10-yard catch into a 50-yard catch. And that's what we got it in the two wide receiver commits that we have here in this class. Now, what I will say is we don't have that um, that guy who can go up there and maul somebody and get the ball. Is Nayer that guy? We don't know. We haven't seen him healthy. So um, does Texas look in the portal and get a bigger body wide receiver? Something to actually look at. Um, you know, somebody who can go get that ball, like a Jaden Greathouse who actually went over to uh, to a Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, I skipped Malik Muhammad out of the uh, sock out of South Oak Cliff. Um, one of the best cover corners here in the uh, state and in the country, actually. Number 46 ranked player here in the country, number uh, fifth ranked cornerback in the country, number seven ranked player in the state of Texas. Um, two time uh, state champion, state champion at the 5A level um, with uh, sock. Um, everybody wanted this kid. Nick Saban wanted him bad, bad. He personally made it made it his mission to try to get this kid to come to, um, you know, Bama. Um, so Texas got this young man here on campus. Couldn't be more excited about getting, uh, you know, him. You know, I'm gonna call him Double M. Um, but uh, yeah, Malik Muhammad being one of those guys, long rangey guy, 5'11", 180 pounds, plays bigger than that because he has a long wingspan, folks. And and this is one of those guys that Texas needed. We needed some more cover corners here in this class. We only got one true corner, I think, in this class with with Muhammad. Um, but we did get somebody also in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that later. But this is one of those positions where it's going to be a lot of open competition. Um, Texas is bringing back Ryan Watts. We're losing Deshaun Jamison. And, you know, however, we got a Terrence Brooks. Um, we lost uh, Johnson. He is gone now as well. Um, we're kind of thin at cornerback, folks. We are kind of thin at cornerback. Um, I think we got Bryce's playing cornerback this year as well. He came in as an athlete that flipped from Oklahoma last year. Um, but we're we're kind of thin. We got Barron. Barron's a good nickel. Um, but, yeah, Malik Muhammad was a definite need. Um, uh, uh, this was a necessity and to, and to be able to get one of the top guys in the country, um, to, to basically stay home, stay in Texas, 
Uh, you know, Dallas, South Oak Cliff is not that far from Austin, about a three-hour drive. Parents can come see them play every weekend. Awesome pickup for Texas. We talked about Niblet already. Let's go down to the edges and the linebackers, folks. And we got a lot of them that are kind of filling in this. So uh, last year, we got a lot in the edges. Um, we got uh, Justice Finkley. We got Tab. Um, we got some defensive linemen like Swanson. We got Bledsoe and Aaron Bryant and um, uh, Chris Ross. We got a lot across the defensive line last year. Um, but to get a guy who is from Austin, Austin Westlake per se, Six foot six, 225 kid in Colton Bassett can actually flip him. Number 15th ranked player for his position in the country, number 89th ranked player here in the country, number 17th ranked player here in the state. Um, to, to flip him from Oklahoma back to Texas, where he should have been, um, because his dad here is a Texas ex as well, was just truly amazing. Um, you get to pair him with his with his homeboy Ethan Burke. And I think he saw Ethan Burke play some this year and saw how they use Ethan Burke all over the place. They put him on the edge. They had him at linebacker. They had him uh, playing zero technique in some plays. You know, he was all over the field. So for him to see his one of his best friends that he can see himself playing opposite of, truly amazing to get him back in the fold in this class. Um, Colton Vasek, he's a winner too. Um, you know, played a lot of ball at, at Westlake at the highest level, always in the playoffs and in championship games. And that's a that's a trend that you're seeing here at Texas with guys um, who 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 are born winners, guys who have won their whole life. And that's the kind of culture that you want to bring here to Texas. So getting an, an edge like Basic is outstanding. Next guy, folks, Tassilia Kana. Um, out of Hawaii, Sky Ridge, really good friends with a guy that we're going to talk about here, LaFowle, right? But, oh, man, Akana, his sister plays volleyball here at Texas, if you guys didn't know that. Um, but he's the number one player in the state of Hawaii, number 17 friend player in the country when it comes to being an edge. Some people have him listed as a linebacker, some as an edge. I see him as a pass rushing specialist, so I'm, I have him kind of grouped in that edge position. Um, so him and Bosick being being edges. Um, but a guy who's mean, he's mean and he's fast. Um, and you gotta love it. Has some attitude about him. Uh, I saw this video yesterday with him actually committing to Texas. Uh, he just looks like a very nice kid, sweet kid. When you turn that film on, he's a beast. He's a monster. Go take a look at the uh, video that I did yesterday and you're going to see violent player. Um, he doesn't play around. He puts a uh, helmet on you 24 seven. Um, so excited about getting a guy like a kind in this class. Next player that we're going to talk about, folks, is Darian Gallette. Uh, he's coming off an ACL injury, um, but he's from Marlin, Texas. Teak High School, number 136-ranked player in the country, number 21st-ranked edge. So a lot of people have him greeted him as, as a linebacker as well. I have him as an edge as well, 6'3", 225, a guy that is a sack specialist as well, one of the most physically talented, um, I'm going to say freaks in this class, man. He is amazing. I mean, the guy can play basketball very well, off the edge really well as a um, – as a, a, a edge rusher, um, played linebacker in high school, played everywhere in high school. He's just that good. Came from a small school around, uh, I think the school was a 2A uh, you know, school, but he tore his knee. Texas stood by him the whole time when he was uh, injured. He commits to Texas and hasn't wavered since. Um, signed in yesterday to come to Texas. Another guy who's going to be an early enrollee as well, but it's probably just going to be rehabbing that knee. But one of the one of the most freakish athletes you're going to see here in this class, and when he comes back healthy, oh my, it's going to be something to, uh, to look at. Darian Gallette, folks, remember that name. But Texas got three good edges here. Very excited about that. Um, next person on the list, folks, is Jaden Chapman. Jaden Chapman out of Harker Heights. I did an interview with Jaden 
very good, very good, uh, you know, young man, great family. He's from Harker Heights, Texas, which is right next to Colleen. I went to high school in Colleen, um, you know, at Ellison High School, Main Green. You know, so shout out to them Eagles. You know, but uh, Jaden Chapman played tackle, um, you know, in a high school, 6'4", 300-pound guy, four-star recruit, uh, wanted by everybody, you know, in the country. Oklahoma wanted them as well, pretty bad too as well. We end up getting Jaden Chapman. He's the highest-ranked offensive lineman here in this class. Um, and he's a guy that can push for too deep pretty quick. I mean, he has that kind of talent. We're just across tackle to guard, but he has that kind of talent, and he's probably more physically ready um, just from the standpoint of being uh, very technically sound. You can tell he's been coached very well. Um, and Harker Heights always has a good team. They were a good team when I was in high school. I had friends that went to Rest in Peace Tour in Washington, um, you know, that uh, played there, actually got some, uh, you know, some offers too. But, um, yeah, you know, but Jaden Chapman uh, is going to be probably probably the most physically ready um, offensive lineman in this class um, that can come in and be in that too deep this upcoming year. But I want to say a little bit more about the offensive lineman. Last year, Texas took seven offensive linemen, folks. When I talk about a complimentary class, the 2023 class this year for offensive linemen is very complimentary um, to what we took last year. Last year, we took a lot of bodies, um, seven guys. Um, five of those seven were highly ranked. You're getting a Kelvin Banks Jr. who started immediately. Cole Hudson started immediately. Um, DJ Campbell was going to be in, in, in high competition to play a lot this year. Cam Williams out of Duncanville is probably going to maybe take that right tackle spot of Christian Jones leaves. So you're getting a lot of high end talent last year. This year, you're going to get a lot of folks who I'm not going to say projects, but they're guys that have the, the size, um, the, the, the height, the body mass that this coaching staff and coach flood wants so that they can sit them, let them mature in the process and not play these guys early. That's what Texas has been a problem with is playing guys as freshmen who weren't ready to play yet. And we've had to force them out there because they were our saviors. We're not having to do that because we took a great line class last year. And then you complement that with um, four offensive linemen this year, or I'm sorry, five offensive linemen this year who don't have to play right away. You can let them build their strength in the strength conditioning program um, and do their thing, mature as a player um, let their bodies mature and then come ready that second or third year to truly compete for starting position here at Texas. But Jaden Chapman is probably the most um, college ready bodied kid. Uh, I'm sorry, young man here in this class to, to come in and compete for a two D position uh, on the offensive line. Really, really good young man to had a great interview with him. Great family as well. Like I said, Harker Heights high school, um, Think their season ended this year going against DeSoto and against Jonathan Cook, who's also a champion too. Um, but yeah, really good team there at Harker Heights, great coach team, uh, and just a great, great young man all around. Next guy I want to talk about is probably my my favorite player here, I think, in this class, based upon need. And that is getting Sadir Mitchell out of New Jersey. 6'5, three, 345-pound young man. Um don't look at the rankings on this one, folks. This is a guy who every SEC team wanted, including Georgia. Wanted. This was their. This is probably Georgia's number one defensive lineman. Don't don't look at the the rankings of the folks that they have committed. I'm telling you, this is one of the this is one of the defensive linemen that this uh, that that Georgia, who's probably has a great shot at winning a championship again this year, wanted. 
They looked at this guy as a plug and play to replace Jordan Davis, who's playing for the Eagles right now. Sadir Mitchell's a big, he's a big dude, man. We saw him, me, Texas Homer, you know, Steven, Lando, you know, from the Lando show as well. We we saw him at the Texas OU game. We went and talked to him. Really good young man, good parents too, man. Um, so just just good to see this team. Uh, going get high character kids, but high character kids that can ball too. Sadir Mitchell, uh guys, go watch some of his film. He has a he has some film this year where he took a um um, a fumble back to the house for a touchdown. And big guy shouldn't be moving that damn fast, man. <laughs> he's fast. And he's fun to watch, man. Texas needed this pickup here for the interior defensive line because we are losing um, Coburn this year. But Texas is is is, is kind of stacked in the interior defensive line. So, you know, we got Sweat coming back this year. We have um, uh, we have Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins. Broughton, those are your interior defensive line that are going to shuffle and and uh you know interchange with each other throughout the game. But Sadir Mitchell's one of those guys who he's he's an early guy too. He's coming in here in January. It's one of those guys that it's gonna be a, a guy who's gonna be competing for time just from sheer mass alone. Can you imagine putting a six five, three hundred and forty-five pound guy on one side of the of the the uh, the center and putting Trevante Sweat on the other side of the center and saying, who you, who, who are you guys going to block? There's going to be a double on one of these guys. It might be a double on both just because of their sheer mass and their, and their high motor. And with Sadir Mitchell has a very high motor, love his game too. And like I said, we talked to him, very humble, humble, humble guy, man. Family was very, very nice as well. Um, so shout out to Sadir Mitchell and, and his family. I think it's going to be an instant impact player. Not going to say it's going to get a ton of snaps, but I'm telling you, 12 to 18 snaps a game is what you're going to see him play in his first year at Texas. Don't be surprised if that happens. He is that talented, and he has the body already made uh, to to step in and do great things in PK's defense. And that's what PK's defense has been missing, folks, those true interior defensive linemen. And we're able to see him get Coburn up to speed and have Coburn be a very good drafting player this year. We're losing Ojimo as well, folks. So, you know, I mean, we're – we got somebody who, who who can come in and, and 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 take a few of those snaps that those guys were taking last year. But also PK getting a guy like Sweat to come in and do his thing as well and having a great season, who's also a draft player this year, but he's coming back. Um, so these are the kind of players that he likes here on his team, especially at that defensive tackle position. You're getting a guy like Sadir Mitchell, 6'5", 345 pounds, and a, just a great athlete. Next person on the list, folks, is Samaja Burrell, one of my favorite players in this class. Um, instinctual linebacker, six foot. He said in his uh, live chat on on Twitter yesterday, he's up to about 220, 225 pounds. This this is a very athletic guy too, man. He's doing backflips all over the field. I mean, you're six foot, six foot one, two twenty five. You shouldn't be able to do that 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 easily. I saw him doing it, um, you know, backflips with some of the cheerleaders, basically in uniform. I mean, he was he was in pads and everything. So uh, yeah, Samaj Burrell. You line up him. I'm telling you, folks, over the next couple of years, you having him, the next guy that we're going to talk about, uh, you know, LaFowle, uh, 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 Anthony Hill Jr., right? I mean, we're in a great spot at the linebacker position here. Got to love it. Somebody's real instinctual linebacker. He's been playing linebacker pretty much his whole life, so you don't have to convert him over so to where he has to understand how to play linebacker. You look at a guy like Jaden Ford, who's kind of plug and play when he came in because he's played linebacker his whole life. And there's one thing that 
we had to worry about when we had Overshawn because we were moving him down from safety down to linebacker. And so when you move him from safety to, to linebacker, he has to learn how to play linebacker. He has to use that offseason. And he was hurt a couple of those offseasons. So he didn't really get to shine until he had a full offseason, which was last offseason. And we saw him do great things this year at the linebacker position. Guys like Anthony Hill, Samaj Burrell, Leona LaFowle, these guys have played linebacker pretty much their whole life. So they don't have to worry about that. They know how to thump. They know the position. They have the instincts for the position. And you're not going to have to teach them that. It's plug and play. Let these guys have the speed of the game come to them. They're going to do great things. Very excited about this linebacker class, uh, which leads me to the next guy, Leona LaFowle um, from Hawaii. Also best friends uh, with the Kana, who, who just committed yesterday. Uh, he is a beast as well. Really, really, really good player. Violent player, 6'1", 211 pounds is what they have him listed at. I thought I saw something closer to he was almost 220, 215, 220 range. Um, but he's another guy that's a thumper, just like Akana. These guys hit. They're really good in coverage. Um, they played a lot of um, spread down in Hawaii. And I and I and I wasn't anticipating that either. I, I thought they were just going to ground and pound. But, you know, honestly, I should have thought about that more because Hawaii – the uh, college is one of those teams that is, has consistently, you know, brought in players from that state to play, and they play a wide open offense as well. Um, so he's really good in coverage, which I was very surprised at. Just you know, like just go check his film out. But him, Samaji Burrell, um, Anthony uh, Hill, um, you know, uh, we complimented what we didn't get last year only getting one true linebacker in Johnson last year you know so Travell Johnson only getting him um, now to complement that with Hill, Samaj Burrell, LaFowle, Akana, Darian Gallette if you want to count those two as, as as linebackers as well awesome awesome Jeff Choate did his thing here this year for recruiting um, give that man some props he might have the opportunity to be one of the uh, it might be the Big Twelve recruit of the year. Um, just just looking at this haul that he got, at, you know, at the linebacker position. But I won't spend too much more time on the linebackers. I've kind of stressed how important that was. Next, we're going to go down to Peyton Kirkland, folks. Peyton Kirkland out of Doctor Phillips High School in Orlando, Florida. Another big um, offensive lineman, 6'5", 355 pound tackle who can play tackle and guard, but I mean, he's a right tackle, left tackle. I mean, he, he has the, uh, he has the footwork too. For a guy that big, I was worried about, is his, is his feet quick, right? Does he have good footwork? I mean, he has really good footwork. He is, he can play tackle all day long, you know? So, but the good thing about it folks is he is coming after we stacked the class in 2022. So he's not going to be expected to come in and play right away. Let this guy mature in the program like we let Cam Williams mature. And I think we're going to see some great things out of Cam Williams this year because we didn't have to force him to play. A lot of guys aren't going to be Kelvin Banks Jr. where they're instant coming in the summertime and plug and play. And he's played at an All-American level pretty much the whole season. Those guys are freaks. Those are the exceptions, not the rules. I'm not saying guys like Peyton Kirkland and the next guy that we're going to talk about here, Trevor Goosby and Connor Stroll, couldn't do that if they were asked to do it. But you don't want them to have to do that because they are freshmen. They're going to be true freshmen. And these guys are coming in early. Um, so let them get in that weight room in, in spring ball, get some snaps in spring practice, let the bodies mature in the summer as well, and compete for a too deep position in the fall with the expectation to not have to play. 
let these guys let the game speed come to them. But Peyton Kirkland, love it. Love it, love it, love it. A lot of teams wanted him just for sheer size alone. And we're going to start seeing in these next few offensive linemen just the kind of guys that um, Cal Flood likes, big humans, 6'5", 355 pounds, a big human. Um, and Texas got a good one here with Peyton Kirkland. Next guy we're going to talk about, folks, is Billy Walton coming from Sox, you know, South Oak Cliff. Um, six, two and a half, 215 pound edge. Uh, he is a, a, a really good player as well. Two-time champion, a lot more physical this year, which you love to see teams tested him this year too, because I think the word out on Billy Walton last year was he could rush the pass really well, but could he stand up against the run? And was he tough enough? Oh, he's tough. Go, go turn on the film, go watch the, uh, the playoffs this year. Billy Walton is tough as nails he's one of those guys i think he was committed to to uh, oklahoma state at first but he's one of those guys folks that goes to a program like oklahoma state or goes to a texas tech goes to a baylor and you're like why didn't we recruit this guy you know uh but i'm glad we did and we got his commitment here at texas because like i said he's tough as nails he's mean on the field um and he's just a good player man he's just a really good player i mean and he's going to be one of those guys that we're at an embarrassment of riches at edge right now. He's not going to be asked to come in and play right away with the class we got last year as well with the Justice Finkley's and the Jamon Taps and the Ethan Burks, right? And even some of the players who might be a little bit more ready-made to play this year, maybe like a, um, a, a, a Colton Vasek um, or a, a, a Kana playing the edge as well. Um, but Billy Walton, man, he's going to surprise some folks. Very strong guy, very mean and physical guy and a great pass rusher. Even if you got to play him a couple snaps, maybe five to 10 snaps, just go rush the passer on third and longs because he has that kind of ability. Um, love his game. Like I said, two-time state champion. That means a lot, folks, when you have a two-time state champion because these guys know how to win. And when they come into that locker room, they're not going to want to lose. They're, they're not going to want to lose because they've been winning their whole lives. And that's how you flip the culture of a locker room. And I love it. I love the pickup by Billy Walton. I did a video on him as well. And, um, yeah, just just an awesome player. Glad Texas got him. Next player, folks, is Trevor Goosby. I actually interviewed Trevor Goosby in my Big Humans episodes. Um, Trevor's a 6'6", 280-pound, you know, young man here, offensive tackle out of Melissa, Texas. His dad had a cup of coffee in the league. So, you know, he he understands um, this whole process. So Trevor Goosby, I think he's the only offensive lineman who's not coming in early, but no sweat. Um Trevor Goosby is going to be one of those projects at, at, at tackle. Very physical guy, too, as well. Very athletic guy. You go see videos of him doing 360 windmills and, and uh, tomahawk dunks. He's a very athletic 6'6 guy. Um, I think he was like 6'6", 220-something his junior year or something like that, and he, and, he, and he gained a lot of weight. He became a, a monster at 6'6", 280. So he's, he's going to be one of those guys. He has long arms, very good footwork. Cal Flood's going to work with him. You can see him, you know, possibly getting up to the 300, 310 pound range um, with that same footwork with the long arms. And you're going to see this guy about year three be somebody who's going to really compete for a tackle position, uh, whether it's right tackle or left tackle. And he's going to be, a, I think, a really good player here in this class. He's not coming in early, but no sweat, because like I said, complimentary classes here. You're able to get a guy like Trevor Goosby um, because you know that you can develop him. You know that you can um, put him in a weight room. You can mature his body because you don't have to count on him starting at tackles anytime soon because you got Kelvin Banks Jr. You got DJ Campbell who can who could possibly compete for that right tackle position. You got Cam Williams who's definitely going to compete for that right tackle position. You got a lot of folks. Agbo, 
um, NATO. You know, you got folks here, folks. So now you got the opportunity to have guys like Trevor Gooseby. And the next guy we're going to talk about, Connor Stroh. We got guys that you can let them sit in the process, get in the weight room, and do their thing. Connor Stroh's another guy I absolutely love. 6'7", 350 pounds. Um, I think Connor's actually a little bit less weight than that now. Um, coming back off of injury, he had gained a lot of weight. You can tell he shed a lot of that weight late, you know, you know, as of lately. I actually interviewed Connor, um, very, very good young man as well, out of Wakeland, um, you know, high school out of Frisco, Texas. Another big guy's parents were, you know, were Aggies. Uh, so he said that when he came to Texas, he understood this is where he wanted to be. And um, yeah, we got a good one here at Connor. I always joke with Connor, I tell him all the time that I'm the president of his uh, you know, of uh his fan club. I was kind of, you know, like singing his praises for over a year now, um, you know, prior to him actually committing to Texas. And um, yeah, I love Connor Stroh's game. I see Connor all, all over the line too, whether it's tackle, whether it's guard, but another one of those guys you're seeing what you're seeing and what Cal Flood likes big guys, six, seven, three fifty. You saw Peyton Kirkland, six, five, uh, three fifty five. You're going to see another guy in Andre Kojo. Who's a big guy, six, six, three forty five. But let's talk about Connor here. Connor's one of those guys too. He's coming in early, um, and he's he, he's a mauler. Once he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. And I want you guys to think about this over the next two to three years. Could you imagine an offensive line that has a Connor Stroh on there at three fifty, a Peyton Kirkland at three fifty, and Andre Kojo at three forty five, three fifty? Okay. Then you have a guy like uh, Trevor Goosby who's going to be a tackle, and he's coming in at let's say 310 once he puts his weight on, you're not going to be able to move these guys backwards just, just from sheer mass alone. So in the run game alone, these guys are going to be hell on wheels because you're not going to move them. And so you're seeing what Texas is doing with this offensive line recruiting, bringing in big guys because they're getting ready to go into the SEC and do their thing in the SEC. You got to love big, big Stro here. He's my guy, man. Um, love his game. One of my favorite players here in the class as well. And like I said, I'm the president of the Connor Stroh fan club, folks. So you're not taking that from me. I am accepting applications for vice president, though. That's my guy right there. Shout out to Connor. Next guy, man, is Trey Wisner. 5'11", 185 pound running back who played all over the field, you know, for the Soto um, high. Um, state champion as well. Um, probably one of the MVPs of that game, I think. Uh, he had 200 and something total yards in that game, um, catching the ball at the backfield, going into the slot, catching the ball. A lot of people gave him a lot of hell because in the season here with DeSoto, they leaned more heavily on their sophomore running back this year. Uh, Ridden, I think is his name. Um, but Trey Wisner, don't, don't get it twisted. He was still in the field a lot. Punt returns, kickoff returns, slot, running back. And when he got in, he made plays, folks. And so that's all you want to you want to know that you got guys who are making plays. And so, look, it's football. Sometimes you got to ride the hot hand. And maybe that guy was the hot hand, as probably was. They ended up winning the state championship. But Trey Wilson was an integral part to that state championship uh, team as well. Like I said, he is one of those most versatile players you're going to see here in this class who can play running back, can play slot, can play some, uh, you know, some some field, you know, when it comes to the wide receiver. Um, he's he's a he's a good prospect, really good player, and I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see this staff move him around a lot. Very good compliment to a Cedric Baxter, right? Trey Wisdom, once he gets his hands in the ball, you can see he's a guy with speed. He's very fast. Once he gets in the open field, lights out. Uh, you're not catching him. Uh, nice size to him too as well at 5'11", 185 pounds. 
Um, so you got to think about this at the college level. He'll probably get up to about 205. It's going to be a nice size, uh, good player that can play all over the place. And you know how Sark likes to use his running backs. He likes to put him in the backfield, but he likes to split him out, put him in the slide as well. Trey Wisner fits that mold just perfect. How many times have we seen Bijan go from um, 11 personnel and then he motions out of the backfield and now we're empty and he goes out there and does his thing and catches the ball. That's the kind of talent Trey Wisner. I'm not saying he's Bijan. I'm not saying that, folks. What I'm saying is he has the talents where he can go out and play wide receiver and do great things in the field wherever you place him. Love this pickup, too, by Texas. Hey, he's a winner. He's a winner, and he's a really good player. Next uh, guy on the list, folks, is Spencer Shannon. Spencer Shannon, tight end out of modern day. Uh, 6'7", 230-pound tight end. I think he's more of an inland tight end. Hey, um, you know, uh, he's going to be one of those guys who's a really good blocker. Um, they didn't use him too much in the passing game. Uh, well, I shouldn't say too much. They, they use him, but not like what we saw with guys like um, Sanders when he split out primarily at wide receiver when he was in high school and he just mossed everybody. Spencer Shannon has the talent, though. He, he can do some really good things in the blocking game, also can catch very well, you know, also. But these guys that are playing tight end, him and Will Randall, which Will Randall is hurt. We'll talk about him in a minute. You know, I think he tore his ACL by midway to the season. But we're a little thin, in, you know, you know, in that tight out room, you know. So having a guy like Spencer Shannon come in, he's going to do really good things here at Texas as well at tight end. All right, next person on the list, folks, is going to be Andre Kojo. I had the pleasure of actually interviewing Andre Kojo. 6'6", 345 pounds. So you're seeing this trend here again. Cal Flood likes big offensive linemen. Um, you know, so he's a young guy too. I think, uh, Andre is only 17 years old and he's going to be 17 when he gets here on campus too next month. Cause he is an early enrollee as well. You gotta love Andre Kojo is just a very nice guy. I mean, very nice guy, but you, but you see him on that field. I think he made out of the offensive lineman this year, probably the biggest jump, right? He had the, probably the biggest jump, um, um, as far as just preparation. And we should probably expect that because he was the youngest. So as his body matures as well, he got, I think he's 6'6", 345. I think when I interviewed him, he was 16 years old at the time. Um, so he's a guy that's, that's uh, 17 years old. It's going to come into a program. And look, he's a big human. And Texas is in a really good position here when it comes to offensive linemen because these are guys that they can put in that pressure cooker, let them sit, let them slow cook for a while, and not have to worry about them having to come in and play. These, this is not the days where we were counting on guys like Connor Williams to come in and play as a freshman, um, Sam Cosman to come in and play as a freshman. You know, we had to force guys to come in and play. We don't have that problem anymore. Now it's the opportunity to let these guys be prospects, um, come in and, and train really well and be ready to play when need be. Next guy on the list, folks, is Will Randall, tight end out of Isidore Newman. Um, he's the teammate of Arch Manning, uh, one of the um, – one of the top players in the state of Louisiana, the number 38th ranked player here in the state of Louisiana. Um, but yeah, he's, he just tore his ACL this year, but he is a pass catching wide, not, not wide receiver, a pass catching tight end, uh, already at 6'3", 225, um, but he has to rehab. He's going to be an early enrollee as well, but I think that's that's pretty much just to rehab that knee, let him get in this process as well. But Texas picked up two good tight ends in the cycle with him and Spencer Shannon. And then we got two guys in the portal, folks. Gavin Holmes, awesome pickup by Texas. This is one I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, Gavin Holmes being 5'11", 180 pounds, 
playing at Wake Forest, who's won a lot of games at Wake Forest. Um, we're losing to Sean Jamison. So Gavin Holmes is a guy who has two years left to play due to the COVID year, played three years already, but has two years. And this might be a guy that you can plug and play um, in the position that was held by Jamison, or he comes in and competes against the likes of Terrence Brooks, um, you know, Muhammad, uh, you know, opposite of um, Ryan Watts, because I think everybody knows Ryan Watts is going to be playing this year, um, you know, again. Uh, so I love this pickup because we need depth at cornerback. We need bodies at cornerback. And he's one of those guys that can fulfill that role. And in the last person, we lost our punter. Now we got Ryan Sanborn, a punter out of Stanford. Um, one of the top three punters, I think, in the, in the country when he came out of high school a couple years ago. Um, well, actually, three years ago. I think he has one year left to actually punt. He is a graduate transfer, so one year to play. Um, but, yes, getting a guy like him who was a pretty good punter at, at Stanford at a Power 5, getting him here on, on campus, which is great because we lost our punter. Um, but, yeah, we, we are short up the room there. Now, folks, positions, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here, positions that I think Texas is probably going to try to target here, um, probably wide receiver, probably going to target wide receiver here, folks, because we got to get some wide receiver depth in the portal um, and more defensive back depth, whether it's safety, whether it's cornerback. But Texas had an outstanding day, uh, 21 commitments signed, early signing day, 21 out of 21. Um, Sark said that we weren't finished yesterday as well. So we'll see what happens today. But I'm excited about it. Uh, just a recap of the class. National signing day one is in the books. Next signing day is in February, folks. But enjoy the national signing day. Great to get everybody in the fold here. Texas is building something. I think the players see it. I think um, the fans see it. I think the country sees it. Uh, five and seven last year to eight and four this year and just build upon that. Let's get better each year. If we keep getting better each year, stack talent like we did last year and this year, we're in a great position. But on that note, folks, man, I tell you guys, do you, like I always tell you, don't be afraid to fail. I'll grow your environment, understand your brilliance. Then this corner, I'm out and hook them. Horns always up.